Fran fam, what's going on? Listen, before we start this podcast episode, I have a very, very small favor to ask of each and every single one of you guys. I appreciate the support that all of you have been showing for the podcast up until this point, but we want to try and get these episodes out to as many people as possible. And how we do that on the audio side is by leaving a review and dropping a five-star rating. So if you've been a consistent listener of the pod, please, before we get this episode started, it only takes a couple of seconds, leave a review. It could be a two-word, three-word, four-word review or just leave a rating do something to get the word out so that we can get the marvin francois show to more listeners moving forward outside of that love you guys appreciate the support but without further ado let's get into this episode i hired a coach Mm -hmm. and he gave me one piece of advice talk to me and that one piece shifted the whole entire thing the next four calls i got them all Mm. and i made 20k in one week Mm. my life changed in that moment in that moment i was like I'm one of these YouTube guys. Mm -hmm. I'm one of these Facebook ad guys. Mm -hmm. I belong in this room. What happened is it broke my belief. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing about high ticket sales is convincing somebody to pay you that once it's done once, you can do it again. Mm -hmm. That's it. I broke that barrier and I was like, and I was on a roll and I was just closing, closing, closing because I understood the system now. And I had the conviction behind my voice to convince you that, listen, you pay me this much money. I guarantee you your life will change. Mm -hmm. Now it's in your hands. What are you going to do? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Marvin Francois. Here we talk all things business, finance, and investing. And today (laughs) is a very special day because my guest today is a published author, a speaker. He's been featured on CNN, Fox News, WikiHow. This man is a relationship coach turned sales coach. How did that happen? We'll get into it. He is a client success manager currently at ColeGordonsClosers.io, scaled multiple six figures and beyond. I'm here with the man. The man, the legend, the one, the only, my guy, Ahmad Jabbar. How you doing, brother? My man, how you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. (laughs) Better now that I'm talking to you. And this episode is going to be incredible because we are going to be talking about all things high ticket sales. I'm super excited to be getting into it. But before we do that, y'all already know the drill. Take a second, take a minute, take an hour out of your day right here, right now to just go ahead, slap that like button, show this video some love. But my guy, welcome damn man this this is this is this is a long time in the making brother yeah how are you how's everything dude i'm doing great man it's great to be here i'm excited to have you seeing this blow up to where it is right now man you know i mean i'm I'm, talking to a natural over here i'm just trying to keep up with you brother oh i'm I'm just trying to keep up with you brother how was the flight how was the trip over here i know you're currently based out in texas right now came over to new york i said listen if Ahmad is coming here we got to roll out the persian rugs I, i said we need we need you know golden ornaments hanging from the ceiling champagne bottles over clearly yeah, yeah. yeah it's not here yet let it all out yeah, anything yeah, else no i mean a couple more things but <laughs> right, e- either way you're here bro i'm so <laughs> excited to have you man How, how's life how's everything coming along with you right now man life is great okay. i can't complain and uh it's beautiful because again we've known each other for a really long time correct before all of this started man. Yeah. and you're just seeing the growth and the progression from mm-hmm. both of our perspectives man mm-hmm. it's been absolutely beautiful and i again man super humbled and honored to be here mm-hmm. everything you've been doing is incredible and I, it's just Yo, it's, I'm excited. I'm Thank excited. You, man. I'm even more excited to have you. You know, this was the episode I've been looking to make for a very long time. And I told myself I always wanted to do an episode where I broke down sales, more specifically high ticket sales. And I said, I got to get the man himself <laughs> to come on here and just give game on top of game on top of game. Usually with every uh, Marvin Francois show episode, the first question I ask is, you know, who you are, where you're from, how you got your start. But I want to do something a little different this morning. I want to. I want to attack it from a different angle. I, you know, in my introduction, I said relationship coach turned sales coach. <laughs> There's some people listening to that and like, 
what? How 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 in God's green earth did that happen? How did you go, my friend, from being a relationship coach into a sales coach? Let's start there. <laughs> okay. Uh so uh I actually became a relationship coach as a joke. Okay. Okay. So initially uh, in high school, you know, I, I did pretty well with the woman. Okay. Right? But in my head, I thought I had game. Okay. But the reality of it was I was a skinny boy with, with a skinny boy six pack. Okay. And I was a <laughs> soccer team captain. All right. So girls liked me. Mm -hmm. When I graduated, I was getting rejected left and right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. That's, that's weird. That's not supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I realized, I'm like, all right, maybe I don't have as much game as I thought. Mm -hmm. And then one day I'm just sitting there in my, in my kitchen eating my Nutella and my boxers. And <laughs> I hear this ad on Pandora. And for mm -hmm. all the young people here, Pandora was an old Spotify. Yeah. You know? And it's like, oh, this man could talk to any woman. He's a legend. He's this, 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 this. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to I'm not gonna buy a book mm -hmm. on how to like talk to a woman. That's dumb. Mm -hmm. And then I hear that ad six more times that day. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll read one page. Maybe I'll read two pages. Those two pages ended up being five pages. Those five pages ended up being 20. And then I read the whole book. Mm -hmm. And I realized, like, oh my God, I learned a lot. And I realized it was one of the worst books ever written on dating. Mm -hmm. So then I actually got the real good books and I started learning the real material. material. So I, then I went to college and I was a freshman bringing all the seniors back home. Mm -hmm. And all my freshmen were like, yo, my friends were like, how are you doing it? Mm -hmm. And as a joke, I was like, yo, come to the common room and bring $5. I'll teach you. And in my head, I was like, yo, I'm not going to tell him I read a book. Mm -hmm. And again, I didn't think anything of it. So, like, I mean, the night comes up and they come and knock on my door. I'm like, yo, where are you? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'll be right there. Mm -hmm. Got my whiteboard, had my first seminar, made $15. And <laughs> <laughs> $15? 15, I mean, 15, 15. In college, that's good money right there. <laughs> Listen, brother, that's, that's, that's ramen noodle money right there. <laughs> Right. 100%. Right. And then I was an engineer at the time. Okay. So my engineering friends told their sophomore friends, who told their junior friends, mm -hmm. who told their seniors who actually had jobs. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it just escalated into something bigger. Right. And I, I, mean, I never thought anything of it. Mm -hmm. I ended up going to New York after college. Um, and I, uh, I wanted to be an actor. Mm -hmm. I ended up doing a reality TV show for uh, a dating coach. Okay. That wanted to basically help men like talk to women. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I work with these men all the time. I can be that guy that needs help right did the, did the show went really well and i told her, i was like oh by the way i was like i used to be a dip, uh, dating coach and if you need if you're looking for anybody you know i'll, I'll do it and in my head i, I never thought anything of it I was like, right. right i just told people i just gave people some advice i mm -hmm. made a couple of bucks and it was it was dope mm -hmm. nothing crazy six months later she messaged me the mm -hmm. interview was literally i'm going out with a client you're with you're with us and you have to show me how you have, you have to show us mm -hmm. so you have to get a girl's number in public mm -hmm. in front of him and i'm sitting here and i'm like listen yeah. i'm good but like that's pressure. Yeah, the heat is on. Oh, my God. And I'm not going to lie. That was the best interview of my life. I don't know. God blessed me. Mm -hmm. He gave me the girls that were going to give me their number <laughs> on the first go. Right. And it was wonderful. And she looked at me. She was like, wow, you're really good at man. I'm like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess and, I and, yo, you got to play it cool. You're like, yeah, I am. Good. I am. Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. Right. Yeah. And then, I mean, I worked with the guy three weeks later. This man got more dates than he's ever gotten his entire life. Mm. And then I just worked with them. Grew up and then uh, I think three years later I became the head coach of the company, scaled them up and. Uh, what was the name of the company? If you, I don't know if you're allowed to yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, it's completely fine. Uh, uh, NYC Wing Woman. Okay. Uh, so it was like one, it was the biggest dating coach company in New York City. Okay, gotcha. Uh, but what really transitioned and changed was uh, during COVID. 
basically when I was working with her, I was helping them out, and but I wasn't getting like paid like crazy amounts of money. I didn't even think you can make that much money as a, as a coach. Right. Uh, but during COVID, uh, I created a new system. Mm-hmm. And in that system, I was able to help clients in three weeks literally transform their whole entire dating world. Because okay. the whole idea of dating was like, oh, be a pickup artist. Put on this mask. Get all these girls to fall in love with you. The problem is they fell in love with the facade of you. They didn't actually like you. Right. So after three or four months, they realized you actually weren't that cool guy that they liked. Right. You're a loser. And then you'd go through that cycle. You get heartbroken, do it over and over again. What I shifted is I started making these men into these guys. Mm-hmm. These perfect guys that were like actually the guys that women were attracted to and they were chasing instead of the other way around. Right. So it wasn't about focusing about dating anymore. It was focused about your status, mm. your wealth, your fitness, your confidence. And right. overall just becoming that best version of yourself that actually attracts these women. Right. Um, and that shifted everything. My co- the company I was with started making a lot of money and I started seeing that money and it wasn't a lot of it wasn't coming, coming to, me. to you. Yeah. And I was like, and that's when I discovered high ticket. You know, okay. I got an ad on I got an ad uh during COVID. Listen, man, uh, I was broke, mm-hmm. unemployed, I just lost my job, mm-hmm. and I was like, I got my life savings. Mm-hmm. And it was uh this ad from a coach named Russ Rufino. And what's his name? Say it again? Russ Russ Rufino. Russ Rufino. Clients okay. on demand. Okay. Jumped on it. Twelve K later. Twelve K later. Oh, okay. Twelve K later, uh most stressful. I, I just literally jumped and prayed. Okay. And um couple years later man everything changed so what was that transition like going from relation the the relationship space to now being in a sales space kind of just like that essentially was it uh was it seamless did it take some time like how long did it take for you to get fully ingratiated into that space so it took so the thing is um well here's the thing in terms of the high ticket space the most important thing as crazy as it sound is the sales call because that's where you're going to make all your money. Like, marketing could be great, but it, if you're getting, if you're paying, like, $10,000 or $20,000 to get, like, 100 leads and you could don't close any of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. what do you really do? Right, 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 right. You know? Uh, so, for me, it actually took me nine months to create my perfect sales script. Wow. Nine okay. months. And I hired a bunch of different coaches. Not just him. I had, like, he was just the beginning. This was the start. This was mm-hmm. getting my feet wet. Right. And then it was just hiring coach after coach and get, taking a little bit from them, taking a little bit from them, and then just putting it all together. Okay. You know, tell me, to get to the point where now, like, I'm working with Cole and, like, his mm-hmm. script is like, like, ridiculous. Spot. Yeah, right. it's ridiculous. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, so like, what ended, what ended up happening was, uh, in my relationship coaching um, program, a lot of my clients were executives. So they worked for Google, they worked for Facebook, they worked for like these big companies, mm-hmm. and I was helping them succeed with women and just overall their relationships with their wives or whatever. And they were like, "Well, I'm getting better at communicating with my wife, but how do I communicate with my sales team? How do I communicate mm-hmm. with my executives? How do I communicate better and not come off like this arrogant or mean right. person that?" They right. don't want to work with. Right. Uh, and I noticed that I was giving them advice and they were doubling, tripling their ROI. Mm. And I'm like, why don't I just add another package? And it was technically called performance coaching. Right. And in that performance coaching, I would teach them skills on how to make money mm-hmm. and also then enhance the fact of being the high value man or that man that they want to be. And that's what I started teaching sales. Right. Um, and it just kind of transitioned overall. Right. Just by that, uh, that upsell to like from... Relationship coaching, performance coaching, which was mm-hmm. like another like double the price or and whatever. The, and the rest is history. That's it, man. And you went from that. And then now, like I said, you are currently a client success manager over at Cole Gordon's Closers.io. Yes. Rocking it. I mean, absolutely killing the game. So, you know, safe to say things worked out fairly 100%. well. Yeah, things, things, things worked out fairly well. And <clears throat> that's the reason why I was so excited to have you on, you know, because you kind of touched on it, you know, um, 
this is a podcast where a lot of different entrepreneurs from all different walks of business come in. I have people that have credit restoration companies, people that are in trucking, people that are in real estate, people that are in, you know, crypto, whatever, right? All different types of businesses. And like you touched on, you know, you have marketing, you have, you know, um, um, operations and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, regardless of what kind of business that you have, what kind of, you know, walk of entrepreneurship that you occupy, if you don't know how to sell, <laughs> I don't care how much leads you have in the pipeline. I don't care how great your team is. You know, you need to know how to do the number one thing that's going to make your business, your baby, right, yeah. survive, which is make money, which is sell whatever it may be, right? And that's why I was super excited to have you on because I really want to break it down in a way that I feel like is not really being, I haven't seen being bro broken down enough on the internet. Can we do that? Is yeah, that all right with you? Dude, let's do it. Are you sure? Listen, are you man, are you I'm here to give as much value as possible. For I'm, you, listen. anything, bro. We have a slogan here at the Mar Front. So if you give too much value, I might just smack your mic down. Got it. All right? So be, be careful. Be very, very careful. No, but let, let's, let's, let's dive right into it, right? So let's talk about, you know, what is selling, right? Because I feel like when a lot of people think about selling or sales, there's always this old school preconceived notion of like sales is this bad thing, right? We think about this this guy at a used cars dealership with like a pinstripe yeah. suit, <laughs> oversized, right? He's selling you this piece of trash car for, you know, that's what people I feel like associate sales with. What is, how would you personally, being a sales coach in this space, how would you define selling? How would you define sales? Very simple, man. Um, I think the big misconception is sales is only when you uh, get somebody's credit card. Okay. All selling is persuading somebody to do something for you. That's it. Plain and simple. Because think about it. When you put, when you break it down, uh, and I get this with a lot of the clients we work with right now where it's like, oh, I don't have any sales experience. <laughs> what do you mean you don't have any sales experience? You're constantly selling. Every single day, you're selling. Right. You telling your mom you want to ride to the mall, you're selling her. Right. You're convincing her why she should give you a ride to the mall and how it's going to benefit her and how it's going to benefit you. Mm -hmm. Same thing. All, all when, you're, when you have a sales job, all you're doing is just asking somebody for a credit card at the end of the call or mm -hmm. at the end of the persuasion. Mm -hmm. That's literally it. But if you can successfully convince someone to add to your benefit in a, in a way where hopefully you can add to their benefit as well, mm -hmm. that's sales. That's it. Don't overthink it. Okay. People put too much like people put too much emphasis on sales, and they they think like it's this complicated, unheard of thing that they just never tapped into. It. Just breathe. Mm -hmm. It's all good. Mm -hmm. Simple. Interesting. Okay. So now my next question to you would be, you know, in us now starting to understand that sales is it's not just as simple as give me your credit card and let me run it up, right? It's a lot more than that. Um if I'm an entrepreneur, do I when it comes to my business, do I need to learn how to sell or could I just bypass that and go get somebody else who does learn know how to sell and come bring them into my business? Well, as an entrepreneur, no one's ever gonna sell your product better than you. That's a fact. <laughs> you know it right. better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. If you can't sell, what makes you think somebody else can sell it? Right. Because think about it. If you get in there and you are now pitching your product and you can't even convince the person that your product is good enough, mm -hmm. how are you going to be able to translate that to your salesperson and train them? Mm. What calls do you have? Mm -hmm. What example are you setting? Mm -hmm. You're basically giving this person your brand, your company, and be like, hey, you know what? Figure it out. How does that make you look like as a leader? Not the best, <laughs> to say the least. You know, and, and at the end of the day, and this is what tends to happen. With, uh, so initially, before I started working with just the academy, mm -hmm. uh, with the, just training the salespeople, I was, an, I was an account manager. So I was working with business owners, and I was helping them scale their companies so they can actually get enough leads to hire salespeople to work with them. And one of the big things where they would come in and be like, oh, well, I just came here because I just wanted somebody to sell for me. I'm like, do you know how to sell? Like, no, I don't. And that's exactly why I wanted somebody to come sell for me. Mm -hmm. Well, if you don't know how to sell, you can't coach them on how to be better. 
mm-hmm. if they're not closing at a high percentage or a high rate, you can't look at their call and be like, you know what, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong. I want you to be closing at least 50% of your own product. And then once you've gotten so good that you can now teach it or explain it to your people, that's when I think it's smart to actually bring the salesperson. I know it's terrifying. I know it's scary just to get on that phone call and you're just like, I just want to avoid that. I just want to focus on marketing. I want to focus on content creation. Great. But I still want you to understand what is happening on that call because it's going to significantly increase the value of your company, your brand, and just overall your knowledge and, and as an entrepreneur and in general, mm-hmm. you know. So ideally, again, you could possibly get away with it. It's not a good foundation for a successful long-term business, in my opinion. Got you. Do you think that there's a set time frame in terms of, okay, you know, because we know about the 10,000-hour theory or whatever the case may be. I would imagine it's variable when you think about how long it's going to take for you to learn how to sell your own stuff, right? Because everybody has different stuff to sell. Some people have services, other people have products, other people are selling information, mentorships, masterminds, all these different things. Is there a, given your experience, if I'm coming into sales, is there a time frame to where it's like, I know if I clock in this many hours, I'm going to get X amount good at sales? I had a kid. 19 years old, come in like about, I want to say two months ago. Okay. Never sold a day in his life. Nothing. Uh, he was working two jobs, working for Whole Foods and GameStop, making about $2,300 okay. a month, mm-hmm. which is wild. For a kid, yeah. Wild, wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's good for like his age. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's a lot of money. Right. At, like 19. After five weeks and maybe about 60 mock calls, mm-hmm. this man is, uh, his first month making $8,000. Mm-hmm. As a setter, not even a closer. And we're going to get into that. As a setter. <laughs> okay. You know, and it's all because of the repetition. You can learn sales, but mm-hmm. if you're not practicing, mm-hmm. you're not getting the experience. The, here's the thing. You can watch all the videos in the world, mm-hmm. but if you don't get in there, you, you don't implement it. You're never actually going to learn because the video is never going to tell you the sales is not linear. Right. Sales is exponential. And it's going to go up, down. It's going right. to it's going to play with your emotions. It's going to play with your feelings. It's going to mm-hmm. hurt your soul. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I just stopped wanting. I just wanted to be done with sales. Right. Because some of these people, they really, they break your heart. Mm-hmm. But again, until you experience that, you'll never learn what true sales is. Mm-hmm. And that's why like, I always tell people, like, you got to do mock calls. So if you're an entrepreneur right now and you're listening to this and you just got a sales script, you bought a course, you're super excited about the sales script, don't wait till your first prospect call or client call so you can test it out. Mm-hmm. Call all your friends, give them literally 10 bucks or be like, I'm taking you out to dinner. I just need you to be on this call for a good 30 to 40 minutes. And if you do this to me once a week, I promise you, I will reward you heavily somehow, mm-hmm. some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just keep getting those reps and do it with different people, at least five different friends because you get different reactions and tell them to throw curveballs at you. I want to see how you navigate through that because these mock calls, they're still reps. Mm-hmm. You're still practicing. And then when it comes down to actually getting on the prospect call with a real prospect, you'll know exactly how to, how to navigate it without actually wasting your own ad spend or your potential $3,000, $4,000, dollars deal right. on something that you could have avoided if you just practiced a little more. Got you. When you weren't coming out, how many, how many calls were you doing you know, when you were learning it out? Listen, it man, out? I learned the hard way. Talk to me. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have to look down. He said, listen, man, Nick, the PTSD is real. Dude, the way, I, from what I've learned now, man, I wish, mm-hmm. I wish I had what I teach now mm-hmm. to the people when I started off. Right. Because here's the thing, man. I paid $10,000 to get 26 leads, which is awful. Wow. 10000 for 26 leads? Because my, like, my marketing wasn't. It wasn't good. Learned the hard way. Got you. And out of those 26 leads, guess how many I closed? I, I, if I paid 10 racks, I better I close at least 24, 25. Three? Zero. 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 Let me fix that. My back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Let me yeah, fix yeah. that. Let me, <laughs> Let me Zero. Fix. Three would have been great. I would have made my money back. Right, right, right. <laughs> you ain't nothing. Zero. 
Wow. That was the most stressful time of my life. Right. I was, um, but again, just to show, horrible. And this right. is not like, I, I mean, I'm, I like to think I'm, I'm, I can, you know, I, I, I'm a good communicator. Right. You know, but still, I'm, it's not just about communicating. There's so much more that <laughs> goes into it. It's deeper. Right. Um, so anybody out there like, oh, I'm charismatic. I can guess it. Like, trust me. When mm-hmm. you get into high tickets, it's very, very different. Okay. Well, now let, let's, that, let's, that, well, so you're right. Yeah, 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 but before we get into that, before we happen, Talk that, to me. Uh, the problem is after I spent that 10K, I couldn't, like, I literally just couldn't close anything. And it, but here's the thing. I hired a coach mm-hmm. and he gave me one piece of advice. Talk to me. And that one piece shifted the whole entire thing. The next four calls, I got them all. Mm-hmm. And I made 20K in one week. Mm-hmm. My life changed in that moment. In that moment, I was like, I'm one of these YouTube guys. Mm-hmm. I'm one of these Facebook ad guys. Mm-hmm. I belong in this room. Right. And it, what happened is it broke my belief. Mm-hmm. The hardest thing about high ticket sales is convincing somebody to pay you that once it's done once, you can do it again. Mm-hmm. That's it. I broke that barrier and I was like, and I was on a roll and mm-hmm. I was just closing, closing, closing because I understood the system now. And I had the conviction behind my voice to convince you that, listen, you pay me this much money. I guarantee you your life will change. Mm-hmm. Now it's in your hands. What are you going to do? Hold on. Let me sit up because we're about to get into the fun stuff. <laughs> let's, let's, let's dive into it, man. Let's talk about it. High ticket sales, right? First and foremost... What is the difference between high ticket sales and like low ticket sales? What, what what exactly is high ticket sales? So a lot of coaches kind of have different perspectives in terms of what they consider high ticket. For me, anything three thousand dollars and above is high ticket in my opinion. Okay. Some people say a thousand, and that's not really a, it's not high ticket in my opinion. Okay. Two thousand, we're pushing it because low ticket is anything that I can sell you without having to get on the phone with you. I've okay. seen people sell twenty five hundred dollar courses if they have enough authority and leadership on in this the platforms or space where they can get away with that. But like. In terms of low ticket, uh, that's what I, that's, I anything under $3,000, $2,500 is low ticket. Anything above that is high ticket. Okay, got you. And now when it comes to high ticket, because I, I did my research for you came in, brother. I, tr- I promise you I did. <laughs> One thing I kept, re- reoccurring thing I kept seeing when I was doing my research into high ticket sales is, um, and you touched on it before, setter, closer, setter, closer, right? That's that's the, the biggest thing. I remember even there was one time me and you were talking on the side and I was like, yo, I'm trying to work on my sales. He was like, you need to setter in the closer. That was the first thing that you texted back to me, right? For those who are watching right now who don't know, when it comes to high-ticket sales, what is a setter and what is a closer and why are they so important to high-ticket sales? So, yeah. So, um, the thing about it is you don't, you don't need a setter. Okay. But it's extremely valuable. Okay. And think about it like this. When you have a setter, it's like the more people that they have to go through to get to you mm-hmm. is significantly better. Is it? And the reason for that is because it builds you as an authority. So it builds you as a very extremely valuable person. That's on a mindset level. Gotcha. You know, because right. uh, you have to go to this person to talk to this person to get to you. Mm, okay. And it, it shows that it's like, all right, the, he has people working for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I need to, basically, I'm qualifying or I'm auditioning to, to be a part to of person. your Right. You know, you know and uh, that's just, uh, that's an extremely powerful place to kind of, extremely powerful frame to be in when you're selling high ticket. Because when it comes to high ticket, a lot of these people don't think their problem is worth $3,000, $4,000, $5,000. Right. But when they go through these steps, in their head, they're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. This is this is a little different. Right, right, right. Now I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling, one, a little more special, but also this is extremely valuable. So what a setter does is, let's say that you have your course, you're releasing your course, mm-hmm. and you create uh, a PDF, uh, a video, something, mm-hmm. like a, a lead magnet. Right. Right. Uh, when they click on your ad, they will basically, to get that lead magnet, they will give you their emails, their phone numbers, et cetera. Mm-hmm. 
What a setter does, and what a good setter does, is immediately as soon as that lead comes in, maybe like an hour, wait, wait like an hour, just so they can see it mm -hmm. or download it, they reach out to them. Okay. And they ask them basically, all right, so uh, I just wanted to call because I wanted to see if I can support you with uh, the, the thing you downloaded. Mm -hmm. uh, and they ask them questions about that. Mm -hmm. And basically the truth is, no one's ever going to download that if they didn't have any problems. Like, you're never going to get, you're never going to download a, pro like, you're going to be sitting on Facebook or Instagram, you're looking at scrolling, thinking, oh, make $10,000 a month. And you're going to be like, oh, wow, that's exciting. If you're making $10,000, but you're not, you're not going to care about it. Right. But you're going to click on it because something in you made you feel that I need this product to get out of the pain that I'm feeling right now. And a setter right. is there to make you realize that you're in pain. And the reason you download it is because you're in pain. Okay. But guess what? I got you. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do you a favor and I'm going to help you get out of this pain. I'm going to connect you with one of our, one of our people, our coaches, our closers, mm -hmm. and he's going to give you a blueprint mm -hmm. to get you out of this pain and get you to wherever you want to go to, that pleasure point. That f you want to go to France, take you to France, take you to Paris, help you uh, move your family out of whatever living environment you're in, make you $20,000 so you can invest in real estate, and it's all with just one call. Mm -hmm. And that's where the closer comes in. Okay. But it, but you've already hyped the closer up so much where this person is. A so the setter's like, oh, he's like warming them up, essentially. 100%. Got you. And then the closer basically, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, closes. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about what makes a good closer or makes a, a decent oh, we're going, closer. Oh, we, we're getting into it. But yeah. the setter is extremely important because that's the first impression of the company. Gotcha. So if the setter's not good, it just speaks very highly uh, about how the closer is going to be and how the overall experience is going to be. So it's kind of like taking them through another funnel, mm -hmm. but just this, this is with people. And like, I like you, I like you, so I'm definitely going to like this person. I don't like you, I like you, it can still work out. Mm -hmm. But if I don't like you, we can't get to the next level. So the setter is extremely important to be liked. They have to be charming, charismatic. They have to be able to pull you in. Right. Because they're extremely, but again, you don't need it because some people will just jump on and be like, oh, book a closer call. Right. And at that point, because you can never get on these calls without actually wanting to get on them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I have to book it right. for me to want to pay you $5,000. You can't just set me and be like, oh, I want to pay right. $5,000. Right, right, right. So now my question to you would be, you, and you kind of said it, you said that you don't necessarily need a setter, but when you get one, it's invaluable because of how much more it helps the closer. If you don't have a setter, does that mean now that the closer has to do twice as much work to make up for a setter not being there? And how, if so, how does that work from just in terms of the call? They got to be really good to do a one-call close. <laughs> okay. That's it. At the end of the day, what, what makes this beautiful is a two-call close. Mm -hmm. And sometimes a closer will have three calls depending on, you know, if they want to think about all the, all the objection handling and didn't work out and they want to talk to their spouse, so et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But that was the little shift that changed my business. Okay. I was doing one-call closes and I was getting rejected left and right. All I did to get those four back-to-back -back closes was I added another thing called the triage call. Okay. And a setter call initially is just to kind of see if they can help them out. But usually it transforms into a triage call. A okay. triage call is like a qualifying call for the the closer. Right. All I did was when they applied to work with me or they wanted to speak to me, mm -hmm. I would put them on a triage call, which is a 15-minute qualifying call where they signed up for it. So it's not me reaching out to them out of the blue. Right. But And I would just sit there and I would qualify them. And I'd be like, all right, you're a good fit. I'm going to put you on to the next call. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I only have 10 minutes. Uh, let's just chat about this stuff. Like, I'm ahead, uh, we're going to talk about your goals, your expectations, what are the problems you're feeling, and just kind of dive into it. Mm -hmm. Short, Keep it short and sweet, you know, nothing too crazy. And then I would take that information on our next call. Then I would be like, all right, if you make it through, we'll dive into, we'll have a deeper call where we can actually dive into all this stuff deeper and uh, understand where you really want to go and where you're really at at this point. Mm -hmm. And that would be transitioning to the uh, closer call. And what this did is it allowed me to already have rapport with them. Mm -hmm. So when I got on the closer call, it was like, oh, we're just friends. We're just talk right. talking again. And 
it made them significantly more comfortable because they trusted me because they already had two points of contact. Mm-hmm. And after the triage call, they might have been able to research, they might have been able to see, to validate, all right, this is legit. Because now in their head, it's, it's operating a little bit differently instead of just kind of one call and being like, all right, now the pressure's on. And next time I have to call them, I have to like basically talk about price compared to now where you have the ease mm-hmm. to be like, all right, well, I like him so far. I like what the company's about. Let me research it, Let me research it a little bit more so they can kind of like get their like, scam guards down right uh, right, right you know um and it just it was night and day difference got you interesting okay all right so now let's let's dive a little bit more into i mean let's talk about what makes sales sales let's talk about the call right let's talk about that in and of itself because i know me me and you have talked about it off camera you could the science of what goes into a successful sales call what goes into a, a a a properly structured sales script you know you talked about it earlier it took you nine months yeah to, and and thousands upon thousands of dollars of investing into all these different coaches to where you got a script to where you looked at it and was like, yeah, this will work. This, this, this is going to get the job done. Yeah. Let's break that down, right? Because that's the most important thing. You know, if I'm watching this and I'm a coach or if I'm an entrepreneur looking to sell a mastermind, a mentorship, a course, whatever it may be, and I am, I'm looking to figure out how to properly build my, build out my sales calls and build out my sales script. And I'm looking to the man himself, Ahmad Jabbar, to give me step-by-step breakdown yeah. of how I go about doing it. How, how does that look like? Walk me through that. Okay. So, uh, this is, in my opinion, the, I don't say perfect format, but it's, uh, cause there's, it's about framing it. All right. Okay. So at least my structure mm-hmm. is rapport, frame, mm-hmm. Discovery, discovery is broken down two parts, heaven, hell. Mm-hmm. You qualify, mm-hmm. you pitch, and objection handling. Okay, let's let's walk through each part. Let's start off okay. with the top. So, uh, initially, rapport. Okay. Very quick. Uh, again, it could be very, it could be simple as, oh, where are you calling me from, or um, how is it over there in terms of weather? Something simple. Just, I need to find a reason to like you, and you need to find a reason to like me, mm-hmm. and just kind of, can we find something in that quick one to two minutes to connect? Okay. Once you've done that, and again, it doesn't have to be too, too long. When people think rapport, they think about sitting there and talking about their whole life story. No. Mm-hmm. Just very quick. And then just jump into it. This is extremely important. Your frame is everything. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by frame is how you frame the call. So uh, one thing I will tell them is like, all right, start off the call like this. Um, so what I, what I realized working on these calls, I'm going to help you find out three things. All right, What's working in your love life, what's not working, and where you want to be. And hey, man, if I can help you get there, amazing, I will. But if I can't, I'm going to try to give you as much value as possible. How does all that sound? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. You got, a, you, got a pen, you got a pen and paper? Of course I do. Beautiful. All right, well, let's just dive in. Let's do it. What motivated you to jump on this call? You see that frame? It's like everything shifted. My tonality, every, and I was just kind of straightforward. And that first step where I asked you, oh, do you have a pen and paper? It's a command. Mm-hmm. So you're already receptive. Mm. And now you're already, but now you also know that now I'm, I'm I'm in business. Mm-hmm. So let's, you know, this was fun. We were talking about the weather. Right. Now let's, 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 let's remember why we're here. That's it. There you and go. And what people mess up is right here because there's leadership frame and there's friendly frame. What's the difference? All right. Leadership frame is you are an authority on this call that can give them the solution that they're looking for. Okay. Friendly frame is we're cool. We're going to get a beer after this. Okay. You're not going to buy from somebody that you feel like is friendly or is sitting there validating you, making you feel good about yourself. Right. Instead of somebody that's sitting there and challenging you, asking you those tough questions that you don't want to face to make you realize he actually cares about you enough to get you to that promised land that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And it just all starts off with that first thing I just said. How do you frame the call? Mm-hmm. Are we going to mean business? Or are we just going to you know, talk about random stuff? Hey, man, how was the game this Sunday? What's life like? How's the wife and the kids? Do you really care? No. 
Not at all. It's Saturday. Right. You could be doing so <laughs> many better things. Right. Let's get to business. Right, right, right. And that's and 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 this is the part where a lot of people really mess up. If you mess up in the beginning, you've lost the call. Really? You've lost it. There's no way to recoup it back. It's or, tough because okay. that's the first impression. Right. And if you've already lost frame of that call, you're not that leader anymore. And sometimes it shifts. Mm-hmm. The prospect starts asking the closer the questions. I can't tell you how many calls I've reviewed. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, I'm sitting there and I'm like, geez, man. The, like, are you, who's closing who? Right, right. It's like, these, you have the prospect just literally asking questions. But, oh, so what about you? What do you think about this? And I'm like, Yo, you've just lost complete control of the situation. Right. The person who's asking the questions is the one who's winning. That's a bar. Okay. Say that again, but say it slow. The person who is asking the questions is the person that's winning on that call. So you just gave, I, I love that you just gave a nice quick strategy in terms of establishing that leadership frame, which is like essentially giving them command. Yo, you have a pen? All right, pick it up. That, are there any other little things that we could do to establish leadership early on um, within the call? Or is that one of the better ways to do it? Your questions. That's it. Are your questions powerful? Okay. Can you actually dive into what they're saying? Are you listening to what they're saying? Mm-hmm. And again, this is, I, I, I don't want to, everyone, people are, are listening to this being like, oh, frame, it's not... Trust me when I say frame is everything. Okay. If people show up on this call and they feel like they respect you, they can learn from you. Mm-hmm. If they feel like they can't learn from you, if they feel like they're already better than you, you've already lost them. And what tends to happen is people break frame by getting into friendly frame by validating. And validating is overcompensating for your own insecurity. Okay. Because you don't believe that the product is worth that much and you feel like you have to make the person feel better about themselves mm-hmm. to actually get them because this is what the car salesman does mm-hmm. smoothes you up you know what I mean you're mm-hmm. amazing you're beautiful you, oh, look at your lineup man it's yeah, crisp it's amazing yeah, I, uh, appreciate <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it you know everything about you is great yeah yeah we don't do that over here right we're like alright so you're happy right mm-hmm. got it uh, how many leads did you get last month well it's not oh uh, uh, god yeah it's not five a little bit okay okay Um, how many of them did you close Two? Okay. What's your price point? A thousand? Oh. So you made about 2K last month. Okay. Huh. How does that make you feel? Are you happy with that? Oh, that, this conversation shouldn't be comfortable. Right. The more uncomfortable it is, the more you're bringing the truth to their life. Right. That is the only way to convince them like, oh my God, this is a bigger problem than I thought. And I need to do something about it. And this person cares about me. But they really want me to... And again, I'm not sitting there like, it's not manipulation. This is not influence. This, this is truly like, the best closers are the ones that truly empathize and care about their people. Right. I want to see you succeed. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to let you give up on yourself. I'm not going to let you walk away. You got to think about it. We got to think about Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so that's the framing aspect. Right. Huge. Huge. Discovery. If you do discovery well, objection handling is extremely rare. What is discovery? Discovery is breaking down uh, what Cole... Russ Rufino, some of the big coaches, they break down as uh, hell and heaven. Okay. But every coach sells it differently. Okay. Plain, pleasure, uh, problem, solution. Same thing, mm-hmm. but just worded differently because of copywriting. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so everybody does it differently. Some people will have hell first and then ple- uh, heaven, or they'll have uh, heaven first and hell. I mean, I for me, initially, I used to do heaven first and then hell, but I mean, it doesn't really matter because I... Switch them on or off. As long as you're getting to the point of each one of them, it doesn't really matter. Got so, uh, the way I look at it is, when you go through the he- uh, the hell, the way to get that out is, uh, an easy first question is like, so what motivated you to jump on this call? In that situation, they just go off. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I want you to listen to everything they're saying. And you have to basically, what you have to do as a closer is you have to bring out that pain. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. There's a difference between a setter and what a, what a, what a, what kind of pain a setter brings up and what kind of pain a closer brings up. A setter just brings up enough pain to make you realize there's a problem. A closer paints that picture. Okay? And the big difference is, like, let's say a setter is trying to tell you, oh, you, so you want to travel? When you make the money, where do you want to go? Oh, I want to go to France. Got it. Amazing. Cool. That's what a setter does. Mm-hmm. A closer will come to you and be like, got it. So what city in France? Okay. Any excursions you want to do? Are you going by yourself? Are you going with family? Girlfriend, maybe? Got it. Uh, anything you're super excited about being there? You see, and I want you to picture that. And after that, are you going to go somewhere else? Are you going to go to England, maybe? You're, you're creating a picture so vivid that they connect their emotional response to that product right. with that picture you've just painted for them. Right. You know, at the end of the day, it's like you have to connect your product to the response they get in either hell or heaven. Mm-hmm. And once they feel that emotional connection to it, they'll pull out their wallet and give you the money. Mm. And this is discovery. This is the, just, the, just discovery. <sighs> so when it comes to discovery, I break it down into, uh, and this is something that was taught to me by one of my one of my mentors, the ones that actually gave me that that like piece of gold. His name is Taki Moore, one of the most incredible coaches for coaches. Say it again. Taki Moore. Taki Moore. Okay. He taught me this. He he. Uh, I don't want to take credit for this because this is. A, this is a gem. Mm-hmm. This is called the three levels of truth. Okay. Okay. So there's always, when on a call, there's always a perspective that uh, needs to be found out from, your, from uh, the, uh, the prospect's perspective. Right. So the, the first truth is always the spoken truth. Spoken truth is when I was doing a dating offer, uh, you basically came on this call because you needed help with women. I know that. You know that. We both know you need help with women. Amazing. Cool. Unspoken truth is I sit at home at night, I look at the ceiling and I masturbate every night because I have no one to hold me. Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's the unspoken level of truth. Right. You know that. I don't know that. Mm-hmm. But it is my job to find that out. Mm-hmm. A good closer plays right between spoken and unspoken. Okay. They don't dive too deep, but they, they, they're, they're, they're trying to bring up something. Right. A good, a, a good setter does that. A good closer mm-hmm. taps in to unspoken levels of truth. Okay. Where he's just tapping into what are you doing at night? How does it feel? Does it hurt? Are you depressed? A phenomenal closer taps into the unknown levels of truth. Okay. And the unknown levels of truth are basically the issues that you don't even know exist. So the reason you're struggling with women is because you have self-limiting beliefs that stopped you from achieving anything you want to do in your life. Your parents neglected you as a child. You got bullied. You got hurt. You got, you got abused somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. And now because of these belief systems you've created, you've just been paralyzed or stagnant throughout your whole entire life. Mm-hmm. So now a thousand dollar problem just became a five thousand dollar problem, because at the end of the day you didn't know this even existed. Right. So essentially, you're peeling the layers back and help make, like you said, letting helping realize, like, oh shoot, I didn't even know that this was a thing. Right. Okay. Because the majority of re- the majority of reasons why a lot of these coaches don't make the money they make is because they don't believe they're worthy enough to actually make five thousand dollars after a course or a coaching call. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from? Who told you you weren't worthy when you were younger? Hmm. Where did, where did this lack of self-belief come from? Mm-hmm. I help you find that on that call. Look, dude, some of these calls, man, they go on to an hour, hour and a half. But listen, an hour and a half, th- an hour and a half call to make $10,000, let's do it. Yeah, that's a, that, that sounds like a call I'd be willing to make. 100%. But the, listening to you break this down, how emotional do some of these calls get? Man? Have you ever been on a call where like, because I'm listening to some of these questions, I'm like, yo, I would imagine some people cry. Like, 100%. Really? 100%. How bad does it get like from an emotional standpoint when you're really diving into it? Because... Is there a line that you walk where essentially you make sure it doesn't go from sales call to therapy session? Like, how do you how do you tread that line lightly? So here's the thing. A therapy session is sitting there and just listening to them complain. A sales call is guiding them to realize 
they have a problem and they need to do something about it. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest difference. That's good. Okay. I'm, I'm not sitting there and just listening to them, oh, telling about their life story. No, 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 no. I'm, and again, this is what happens. Sometimes on these calls, they lose their frame. People will just go and talk about their grandma. I don't really care about your grandma. Like, oh, got it. Amazing. Cool. But I want to kind of get back on focus and like, oh, let's discuss or how your grandma is affecting you getting these leads. Right. And we, re- we reframe them. And this is why having strong leadership frame is extremely important. So you always have control of the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but in terms of like just moving forward, like you really have to kind of call them out whenever you feel like you're losing. Uh, Got you. You know what I mean? Got you. Okay. And this is still, are we still in discovery or is it because we, we've talked, you talked about the three levels of truth. So it's, un, it's spoken truth, unspoken truth, and then unknown truth. Those are the three, correct? Yeah. Then from there, where does the call go moving forward? So once you've gotten, uh, be broken down to that level, mm-hmm. uh, then you qualify. What is qualifying? So you qualify, basically you get them to a place where uh, either after the heaven or hell, uh, so you want to make $20,000 a month, right? Amazing. Uh, what have you done to get there? And they'll tell you some reason. Oh, I've tried courses, I've tried books, I've tried all this stuff. Right. God, has any of that worked? A little bit. It hasn't got me where I want it. Got it. So, I mean, just out of curiosity, uh, like what really resonated with what we were doing that really stuck out to you? And now what they're doing is they're selling themselves. So when they sell themselves, oh, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, I'd love to give I'd love to share some thoughts if you're interested. And then from there, well, just based on everything you said, you said you've been heartbroken this many times. Your mother neglected you as a child. So you've been just sleeping with girls and you've been really heard about that but you want to find a real a committed relationship and because you're sad that you're not getting relationships now you're it's affecting your work so now you're not making any money and you're possibly gonna get fired um so you're hoping to possibly get out of that system and that get out of that belief frame so you can actually get the girl of your dreams have right. the life that you want um by the way am i getting everything right cool got it and you ask you check in and be like so you what you do is you're recapping their pain their pleasure uh and then you're just basically getting them ready for the transition and that's the pitch okay and then once you qualify them, you basically do like a temp check. Be like, all right, so just like uh, everything, how does all that sound? Um, and you kind of want to feel how excited they are about kind of just where they're at, the process in terms of where they want to move forward. And one thing I'd always say is, all right, so does, it, does, does this make sense so far? Are you comfortable with everything? Where do you think we should go from here? And you're like, oh, well, what's the next steps? Got it. So if the three main problems are bam, 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 bam. And this is now we're transitioning into the pitch. So... I'll f- I'll find out the three biggest problems they have. So let's say that you can't find girls. So I'm just I'm just speaking in terms of dating. Uh, you can't find girls, so you don't know where to find them. Amazing, that's one problem. Uh, your online dating profile sucks. That's the second problem, and you're you have approach anxiety or rejection fear. I'll talk about the problem. Like mm-hmm. all right, so you don't know where to find girls, and what we and what this is gonna do is it's gonna stop you from. Uh, being able to have a lot of dates because you're not getting a lot of dates, you're not getting a lot of opportunities to actually meet the girl of your dreams. Uh, and if you don't do this, it's going to hurt you because you're going to be lonely and sad. What we need to do is we need to actually create a way where now instead of you chasing, you're going to attract. And the way we do it is we do it with one of my first steps. Mm-hmm. And this is going to, and you always connect their problem to the pitch. Like if somebody, like, and this is, this is uh, an important thing. Let's say that you're doing lead gen mm-hmm. and, uh, it's not like a B2B, uh, it's, a B, it's not a B2C offer, it's a B2B offer. Mm-hmm. So if they come to you and they say, basically, uh, I need help like making money or talking to women, you have to now, if they say, oh, I, I've been doing Facebook ads, all right, but your program is YouTube ads. Don't sell them on the fact that 
YouTube ads are better. Mm-hmm. Tell them, oh, we're going to help you with your ads. Mm-hmm. And then once they start working with the coach, the coach will reframe their beliefs to why they should be using YouTube ads. Gotcha. Because if you use YouTube ads and he wants Facebook ads, you're not speaking the client's language. Right. And you've just lost the sale. No, that's it. So be very, very careful with how you pitch your process based on their pains and their pleasures. And again, you also have to realize one big thing that I also forgot to mention is uh, B2B and B2C are kind of different. How so? So B2C is tapping into like where it's not really... Well, so first off, B2B is by... What is business it? to business. And then B2C is business, business to consumer, cust- consumer, customer, whatever. Okay, gotcha. Um, so B2B will like tend to be like uh, these calls are a little bit more straightforward. You don't have to really dive into too much pain. You could still dive into pain, mm-hmm. just not as heavy because you don't really need to because at the end of the day, the the selling point is like if you pay me five thousand dollars, I'll help you make twenty thousand dollars. Right. You know what as, I mean? as from a business owner, business owner is like, yo, we, we all talk money. How much I don't need to sit here and talk about why my grandma didn't love me. Like let's let's yeah, make yeah, some money. Exactly. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. if I'm going to, to a fifty thousand dollar mastermind, right. you don't really have to tap into this stuff. I already know what I'm getting myself into. Just let's get to it. Mm-hmm. Compared to B2C, where it's like, what makes me think that me paying you ten thousand dollars is gonna help me get out of this problem? And is it really valuable enough for me right. to pay you ten thousand dollars? And I think what makes a true salesperson, if somebody can sell B2C, oh, they will crush mm-hmm. B2B. Because I think that's true selling. You're really convinced somebody to really pay you $5,000 to help you with their relationship. Right. You know? Um, so it's extremely important to kind of also kind of know the difference. So I don't want people over here, the business owners, being like, oh, well, I don't need to dive in. You don't even, you don't, you do to a point where they need to realize that your leads are causing possible relationship problems. You're kind of not going to be able to pay your customers. I right. mean, not, your, not pay your clients. Uh, a lot of people are going to get affected and you might be homeless and now your kids are out of a house. Mm-hmm. That's how you tap into that pain because you can really tap into that pain. And if you, you're getting 20, 20 leads and you're closing 10 of those leads, you're making about $50,000 a month. How would that change your life? Right. You can still like play with it, but you don't really have to like talk about the deep, deep emotional trauma that's attached to why they're not succeeding. Mm-hmm. You know? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. 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 I'm getting goosebumps, brother. This is okay. But now here's one, one big thing that we 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 dove into the nitty-gritty of like the science that really goes into these calls but there's one thing i really really want to get into because it's unavoidable in sales objection right Mm -hmm. that's that's because i know there are probably a bunch of people listening to this right now um you know you've done sales calls i've done sales calls it doesn't matter how great your offer is if you don't run into objection at any point in time during your time trying to learn sales you're probably not actually (laughs) doing sales let's dive a little bit into that how 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 do we deal with objection when it comes to sales? What are some of the, maybe, I guess, some of the sh- different strategies and tips that you can implement, you implement within your, you know, sales coaching experience that you can give to others as well that they could use? So, and this is why discovery is extremely important. You deal with these objections during discovery. Okay. So when you're talking to the person, they're like, oh, well, I don't have any money. I make $2,000 a month. Mm-hmm. I'm broke. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm struggling. I'm in debt. <laughs> You've already, all right, got it. So, um, I mean, how are you surviving? And then from there, you're just diving well, into you're it. Finding, you're, finding out the, you're finding out the... Because here's the thing. You're already framed because this is why the discovery is so important. Right. All right. Are you, are you, uh, are you by yourself? Are you single? Are you dating? Oh, you have a, you have a spouse. God, the shit on you on this call. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you, do you usually tell her like, about these situations? Because now I'm trying to figure out, all right, does she, is she the decision maker or are you the decision maker? Because she's a, if she's the one that's going to pay the money, no, 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 we're not having this call. There's no point. Mm-hmm. Let's reschedule when she's on this call. So I just stopped the spouse objection before it even happened. Right. Because I just called it out. Mm-hmm. What people tend to, what people, what people, where people mess up is they don't ask these powerful or specific questions. So it gets to the end and then because they didn't deal with it in discovery, they deal with it at the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to think about it. All right, got it. So let me just break this down. Um, hypothetically speaking, money is an issue. All right. Um, 
if you didn't have to pay. Mm-hmm. Does this process make sense to you? How, on a scale of one to 10, how ready would you jump? How ready are you to jump if money wasn't an issue? Well, nine. Got it. So finance is the only problem. Got it. Uh, so you told me, and, I, and we just spoke about this, and you really want to do, you're very serious about getting this stuff, and you really want to help your family. You talk about the pains and the pleasure. Um, but the truth, the truth is, how, how serious are you? Right. And now you're kind of calling them out. Be like, all right, so let's have a very transparent conversation. Are you, are you comfortable with me asking you some serious questions? You're like, yeah, got it. So uh, how much money do you have, ca- uh, how much cash on hand do you have right now? We'll have $2,000. Got it. Uh, do you have a line of credit? No. Are you opposed to opening a line of credit to actually get this to happen? I mean, maybe. So let's, cool. So let's, let's talk about it. So right now, we have this plan. And I really want to help you make this happen. So how about we put a, a $1,000 deposit right now? Well, you get all that stuff situated. You get access to the course. You just jump in, get a feel for it, get a taste of it. We give them that hit. Because once they get in, it's the, the fear is like, is this going to really help me? Right. I need to get them into that thing. And then hopefully one of the coaches will like tie them down. Mm-hmm. And like convince them and they'll see the community, they'll see everything. And like, all right, maybe I do really have to find out the money for this. Mm-hmm. And usually it's a great tactic that pulls them in. Because here's the thing. If you get them to buy at least a little bit, they're somewhat committed. Mm-hmm. And $1,000 is not that serious. Some, I mean, a lot of people, it's really not that serious. People will find a way to make that money. Mm-hmm. But what it does is actually now, it creates a sense of urgency where now they need to figure out how they're going to pay for the rest of the course. Right. And you're getting something. You're not getting the whole thing, but you're getting something to get some sort of commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, calling them out, having these serious conversations. If somebody's in the discovery thing, they're telling you their whole life is great. Mm-hmm. I'll call them and be like, all right, so why are we here? <laughs> Why'd you jump on this call? Right. You're making $50,000 a month? Beautiful. How much are you keeping? You're keeping 2000 Got it. Mm-hmm. So you're not really making $50,000 a month. Your business is making $50,000 right. a month. Right. So you do like need some help. Right. Huh. So are we going to have a transparent conversation or are we going to sit there and dilly-dally and like BS? Cool. So let's, let's get into it. You see how my frame just changed? Mm-hmm. Not smiling. It's I don't like, really care. Just get into business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't lie to me. I've done this long enough. Mm-hmm. And again, it completely changed. It's funny how like you go from rapport to like, I'll be smiling. And as soon as I ask the question, what motivated you jump on this call? My face changes. Mm-hmm. Everything changes. Because now I'm not, I'm not your friend. Mm-hmm. I'm, here to self, I'm, I'm here to help you. I'm here to support you. So now my question to you is, even being at the position that you're at now when it comes to these calls, how important is it for you and also for other people watching to listen back to these, right? Because you got to be able to kind of go back listen to everything that you're doing your framing your tonality you know how you're getting into the three uh the three truths and things of that nature how important is reviewing those calls to our growth in learning how to sell call reviews are everything like people think they're doing good <laughs> you're really not mm-hmm. all right and what tends to happen on these calls is people have nervous tics mm-hmm. either they're looking away from the camera and this is all for zoom calls mm-hmm. by the way they're looking away. Uh, they're mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. that when you do it enough times, it actually hurts you more than helps you. It's good if you do it a couple of times because it shows you're listening. But if you do it multiple times, it actually shows that you're actually spacing out. You're not actually listening to what they're saying. And sometimes people will do that to kind of overcompensate their own insecurity or their own uncomfort on these calls. Or they'll laugh and they'll make jokes because it's getting uncomfortable and they're trying to get them out of that uncomfort. When in reality, when, it, when they're getting uncomfortable, that's when you should dive a little bit deeper. 
it's extremely important to kind of hold that frame where it's like you see it mm-hmm. once you're reviewing the call. And the big thing I also uh, forgot to mention is the idea of validating. So like when you're on these calls, somebody says, oh, like, I'm an, archi- I'm an arch- architect. You know what I mean? I design sky- skyscrapers. Instead of like, oh my God, that's so cool. I'm so like, it's awesome. She's like, oh, cool. Awesome. All right. So how is that related to what we're doing right now? Or like how, like, and then just bring, bring it back to like, you know, if you ask them what you do for work, oh, got it. Sick. Uh, do you like what you do? You see how like, I'm not impressed. But when you're, when you're impressed on these calls about what they're saying, you basically put them on a pedestal. And when they feel like they're on a pedestal, they don't need you. So they're not going to buy from you. And now you're going back to friendly frame. They don't really respect you as the authority figure. And then if you sit there and you pity them, like, oh my God, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. Well, this happened to me like two years ago. Like, you know what I mean? I was homeless too. And then I found like high ticket, disco- high ticket sales. And what are you doing? You're just selling. Mm-hmm. Don't sell your product. You're never selling. Don't talk about your product at all. Don't, don't mention it. It doesn't even exist. Mm-hmm. It's not about you. It's about them. Don't, people try, people think rapport is relating. Like you tell me a story, I'm going to tell you a story. No. A quick relatable situation is like, you have four kids. Oh God, man, yo, I get, I get it, man. I got, I got four kids too. Uh, a lot of sleepless nights. But anyways, how is that, how has it been affecting them? You see how we just related quickly? Right. I just showed you the, hey, listen, I get your pain. Right. But I'm not going to sit there and tell you, oh, little Bobby had a soccer game yesterday. And then Samantha, you know, we're taking her to Niagara Falls next like you know, it, it it doesn't matter. It's not right. relevant. Right. It's not, and it, I think people, a lot of salespeople, they realize once they do the call reviews, they realize that they're making it all about them, mm-hmm. and that's when they have to shift. Just shutting up makes a big difference. Namad, Namad, Namad. I'm gonna break your mic, brother. You doing too much right now. This is fantastic, <laughs> yo, man. I, I, I want to give you my credit card right now, <laughs> like, dude. This is a twenty thousand dollars script. That right. is told that broke down. Like guys. Like this is literally the masterclass. Like I like mm. it's never it's never gonna be like this is all the information. Right. You're not gonna like this is not like an upsell where, oh, by the way, <laughs> sign up for my course and I'll give you No, this is literally everything. Right. Only for you. I appreciate it, my brother. That's Listen, it. I know I have to get you out of here, but there's one 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 to kind of wrap it up, um, before you of course we let the people know where to find you. Um for anybody that wasn't too familiar with high ticket sales coming into this interview. They listen it, they're listening now and they're, 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 their interest has now been peaked. They're like, all right, I want to learn a little bit more about high ticket sales. Answer this question for me. For finish the sentence for me. You should not learn about or get into high ticket sales as an entrepreneur if you aren't blank. If you aren't comfortable, be uncomfortable. Talk about that. High ticket sales is not a get rich quick scheme. Okay. You can make a lot of money very, very quick. On a very like uh, predictable path, mm-hmm. but it requires a lot of work, mm-hmm. and a lot of that work is mental. And a lot of people don't want to put in that work. They don't want to look at themselves in the mirror and be like, "I want to face my demons." Mm-hmm. I'm insecure about asking people for money. I'm insecure about having people be uncomfortable in front of me. I'm insecure about people being liked. Mm-hmm. And if you can't get over these things, you won't make it as a salesperson, as a high ticket salesperson to be exact. You can make it as a salesperson, just selling stuff that doesn't really matter. But as a high ticket person, as a high ticket salesperson, you genuinely have to go in there with the mindset of serving the people. Mm-hmm. If you focus on how can I be of best service to you, how can I truly help you out of your pain because I really, really care about you, I mean, at the end of the day, you'll be like another car salesman. Mm-hmm. It's not real. Right. There you go. My guy, Amad Jabara, the man, the myth, the legend. 
Thank you so much, brother, for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. For those who don't know, let the people know where you can find you. You can use this camera, this camera, this camera. It don't matter. I'm going to your camera, but like, it's not it's not angle on me. Yeah, right? it's, not, it's not. So, I mean, you can use your camera. Let the people know where they can find you at, man. Uh, like I said, just follow me on Instagram, Imad Speaks. Uh, that's the best place to find me. Um, again, if you guys are interested in learning more about uh, sales, uh, join Closes.io, uh, Remote Closing Academy with Cole Gordon. Yeah, talk again. about that. I know you, you're you very fond of them. Talk a little bit more about uh, Closes.io. Guys, listen, uh, I am not, I am really good at sales, but I am not arrogant enough to know that I can't learn more. And that is the big reason. And a lot of people are going to be like, I get this question a lot. Look, if you're running a successful six-figure company or multiple six-figure companies, why did you join another company and help them like build? And I'm like, because I did six figures. This man is doing almost nine figures. Eef. Oh, Lord. Let me sit up. I, and and, th- and I want to learn the systems. I want right. to learn how they operate. I want to I learn the leadership. I want to learn what it takes to be a man that makes nine figures. Right. That, and there's something about it where it's like, and it's exciting because at least with the company, it's like top 1% of all closers, the mm-hmm. top 1% of all coaches. Dude, the pressure is right. crazy. And it, there's something so exciting for entrepreneurs that are real entrepreneurs. They love building. I, I When I delegated my company, I have a coach under me. I have salespeople. I got bored. I had nothing. I was making good money, but I had literally the dream life and I was going insane. Right. And now I got a hundred and like something clients and I'm, I, I'm over the moon because right. I'm creating. Right. So at the end of the day, like, as an entrepreneur, don't ever be arrogant enough to be like, yo, you can't learn from somebody doing better than you. And having mentors is literally the best way to do it. Facts. You know, so again, either Mott Speaks at Instagram or join Closers.io, Remote Closing Academy. Ask for me as a coach, you know. There you go. And then get your success. You know, we out here making, changing lives. Changing lives. Doing there God's go. work. Doing God's work. My brother, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate and thank you. you for tapping into this episode. As always, uh, this is the Marvin Francois Show. And if you haven't already, what are you doing? Listen, just take a second. Take a minute. Take an hour out of your day right here, right now to just go ahead and slap that like button. Make sure you follow my brother on all social media platforms and show him some love. I'm Marvin Francois. This is Ahmad Jabara. Y'all have been good. Uh, we've been great. This has been amazing. And as always, thank you and God bless. Peace.